1: You're listening to The Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to Chapter 52 of The Corona Diaries and we have gone live. Cheers, cheers everybody. I we mean must, we must start by welcoming our
2: guest.
0: Can you guess who it is? <laughs> yes.
1: Could you work it out?
2: <laughs> Ian, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, I've just had my dinner. Oh, nice. Anything exciting? I uh, can't remember that far back. Um, but I put some very hot sauce on it, which I'm, I'm regretting.
1: <laughs> if we lose Ian momentarily in the next half an hour... Yes. Which actually reminds us that before I start, I've got a couple of bits of housekeeping. Firstly, firstly, oh. huge thanks to Lucy and Mark, without whom this wouldn't be happening, because at four o'clock we had no idea how to get Facebook and Zoom to work together. So huge thanks to Lucy and Mark for help sorting that out. And also we've got, what, just over half an hour, Ian, before you've got a very important piece of business?
2: Yes, yes. The um, Every Thursday night... The pub quiz. Yeah. So... With Lu- with Lucy and uh, Lucy's father, Iden. We've been doing it for a year as well.
1: It's, it's been your lockdown season. treat, has it?
2: Yes. Yeah, it's te- it took us a year to... You know, it's best um, 50 points you can achieve. And every, every week we've been getting 46, 45, 49 <sighs> one week. But last two weeks ago... On the one-year anniversary, we got 50.
1: Bloody hell. Respect. Yeah. Did you yeah. cheat? Mental though, Steve. Took- don't, don't invite him to Sunday night.
2: <laughs> we had a team of about 30 people, though, join us that
1: night. Oh, <laughs> <All> right. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> were,
0: they all, were they all hidden down behind you? Like, like yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to crack straight mm. on because we've got a lot to get through, as we've only got you for half an hour or so. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And... We asked a load of the patrons, so a load of the people, a load of the purples who support the podcast. We asked for a load of questions, and I've, I've got a lot of questions, a lot of questions. But before we get there, I've got a couple of bits that I need to – a bit of stuff that we need to clear up, because you've been mentioned in a, in a couple of recent podcasts, and the first thing I need to, to, to lay in front of you is the allegation that if, apparently everybody, everybody in the Marillion family works for Ian. Yeah. I, that that was my view.
0: I said, well, basically we all work for Ian, um, you know, and the ones, the, uh, you know, at the end of the day. So is that true, Ian? Or we all
2: work for you. You all work for me. I, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get up very early every morning to to see if any any money's come in, and. Um, <laughs> Then I'd send out an email saying, please send invoices. And um actually Steve's always one of the first to send me an invoice. Desperate. Then it's um then it's Pete. Tight. Then Mark, maybe a day or two later. <laughs> and then Steve Rothery between a day and a month later. <laughs> um so I, I'm working for them, right? <laughs> right. No, I would I would
0: argue that the, the process of sending you invoices elicits great uh, faith and subservience on our part.
1: <laughs> it was sold to me and and the rest of the the rest of the listeners in more of a kind of a Marlon Brando sort of Don <laughs> Mosley kind of way. You know that that. That maybe at some point in the future i 'll ask you to do me a favor more of
2: it it was you know.
1: it, it was sold a bit more like that
2: mm. well the, over the years the band have uh, individuals in the in the band have asked me for favors um, so um yeah, been a few offers that uh, they couldn't refuse <laughs> <laughs> neither could I. <laughs> oh God, we could get in serious trouble here, Steve. Oh.
1: Well, that was the plan. That was the whole plan.
2: Oh. No, it's not worth it. Well, I'm, pr- I'm pretty bulletproof it. myself. It's
1: not worth <laughs> it for a first anniversary. Let's move on. All right. <laughs> the The other thing that came up very recently is, and I just wanted your kind of take on this, which was um, totally owning the moment when you crashed through a glass door in Barcelona.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think um, it's been well documented. Um yeah, we, j- we just got off a bus, and it was very busy. We had to, had to walk to the uh, hotel. And it, it was all quite innocent, really. I was just going up the steps to, to the hotel, and there was a, the whole front of the hotel was a plate glass window. And as I was going up the steps, there was a chap with a, a top hat on, a doorman. And he just said, he tried to take my case from me, and I just pulled it away and said, no. And as I did that, the edge of my case hit the plate glass door and it completely shattered. Um, it was quite spectacular. But I thought, oh dear. So I, I just thought best to bluff this. So I carried on to the reception and just said, uh, Mosley checking in. <laughs> and there was all this chaos going on behind me. And I just had a tiny nick on my finger. So there was quite a lot of blood coming out of my hand. So I think they were quite disturbed by that. And they just handed me the key and said, thank you very much. And I just went to my room and I just thought, <laughs> and um, didn't hear a thing. Probably so, um, went upstairs,
1: threw a television out the window, <laughs> job done.
2: No, I've, we stopped doing that kind of thing. A long, long time ago. Flat screens
1: just aren't
2: as much fun, are they? No, nah. <laughs> nah, flat is, you know
1: well i'm gonna i'm gonna move on to a few questions so i've got a few questions that we can we can go through and see how we get on um and and actually we talked a little bit there was a bit in a diary from germany that came up about uh you were playing in stuttgart a couple of years ago and sugar mice just kind of fell apart um i think it was sugar mice that fell apart
2: <laughs> uh, only only stuttgart <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the only one that's come up so far and uh and and it prompted Dave Colopy to to um, to throw a question in. Uh, have you ever had an occasion to look at each other on stage and think, "What the hell is he doing?" So it either could be somebody else in the band, or just Ian looking at H and going, "For fuck's sake!" All the other way around. You
2: first. <laughs> 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 Thanks. <laughs> well, yeah, a few years back. Uh, the likely candidate of you know things going wrong was probably uh, in the keyboard department. And Mark, um, whether we like it or not, it was Mission Control. Um, his equipment tends to run everything, all the computers, click tracks. Uh, click tracks are the things that I have to play along to. It's like someone hitting an anvil with a hammer in my in my ears. Um, so yeah, more often than not, I mean, what happens, what's great about playing drums is that from where I sit, I can see everything that's going on around the whole stage. So yeah, if I look to my left and I see Mark underneath the keyboards, changing the oil, we call it, fiddling around with something, we know we're in trouble. If if something goes wrong uh, that that badly, I can see Steve Steve H will probably just go. Well, I can't do anything with this and walk off. <laughs> <I've> done that <laughs> once or twice. Uh, can you I can't I blame I've him. It <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, maybe I've done it more than once. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I can't remember which gig it was, but I do remember you said, just looking round and looking at me. And go, I can't. What can I do to this? And I get <laughs> 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 <fuck> it off. <laughs> Fair <laughs> <their> comment, really.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was one in Oslo where where um, I think Ian hadn't got clicks or some, something had gone awfully wrong. And it was right at the beginning of the show, and I think we were doing something like a few words for the dead or something like that. <laughs> and there's a lot of scope for things to go wrong with that song. And I could see that it, that nobody knew what was going on. Everything was out of time, and that was technical. And I thought, well, if I walk off at some point, everybody else will. So I just walked off and, you know, got myself a drink, sat backstage, <laughs> put me <my> feet <laughs> And it took ages before I think Pete was next. He finally appeared looking really flustered and pissed off. And where did you go? I said, well, I can't do anything with that. And then I think, think brothers appeared and Ian appeared and I think Mark was still trying to plug things in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it was the right thing to do because, in in the end, he got whatever was unplugged plugged, and we went on again. We did it again. It was a lot better. And I think if we'd have tried to style it out, it would have been a disaster.
2: Well, I mean, sometimes, sometimes it kind of breaks the ice, is not it, when things go horribly wrong? Yeah, it can break break the ice. But but I mean, you've learnt to over the years. Probably all learned to adapt a little bit more, um, be more forgiving when things go wrong.
0: Well, I don't know about that. Um, I think I'm less, I'm no more forgiving. I'm just a bit more chilled out about it, I think. My forgiveness just, you know, simmers quietly or, or lack of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Am I remembering I'm, right that in I don't Oxford have the same once? same drama I used to have, I guess.
1: Am I remembering right that in Oxford once, Rother's. Popped off to be sick, and you ended you ended up doing a version of something with just you and Pete on bass.
0: I don't know. Well, I mean, everything's possible. Over, I mean, we've been we've done so many shows over the last thirty years that there'll definitely have been something, at everything. I remember looking over my shoulder once, wondering where the keyboards were. I think it was. I think it was in the Hollow Man, the middle of the Hollow Man. And I looked, and, and in the middle of it, there's some kind of little backwards meow, 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 sounds that happen. And then Mark comes in on, like, on a mellotron. And they didn't happen. And I turned around and he'd gone. And he'd gone for a pee. And he didn't, <laughs> he didn't turn up till the end of the song. I don't think he got back for the end of the song. And then um, on another occasion, I think that might have been Port Zealand, we were playing Cover My Eyes. And I turned around to look at Ian and Frenchie was on the kit. And he was playing the drums. And they'd swapped out just for the crack. To see if oh, anybody... we, used
2: to, yeah, we used to do that occasionally. With, um... <laughs> well, I've only yeah. ever noticed once. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> but I do have my back to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, we did that quite often. It was usually in Sugar Mice, actually. Right. In that, uh, yeah, yeah, over the maybe, years. Maybe it was Sugar yeah. uh, Mice. Had guest appearances by numerous drum, drum crew. <laughs>
1: uh, I'll, I'll move on Thanks Dave Colopy for the question Move on. Uh, Tom McGreed said uh, Can you delay the start to 7.30 when I get home from work I can answer that one Tom and the answer is no Of course we can um, But it will, be, it will be available We're going to leave it flowing So you should be able to pick it up as and when you get back Hope you had a good day Right, Laney H has been talking a little about how the band worked together To create a new piece of music But he spoke more about what the other band members do Than what you do Ian I'm interested to know how you collaborate with them during the writing process. Do you generally follow the rest of the band or do you um, bring certain things in in terms of change of tempo, change of direction, etc.?
2: Well, it, you know, the way we write, um, we just jam, so it's very spontaneous. Um, so if someone, I might start playing a rhythm, and then one by one, everyone will join in. Um, sometimes Steve Rothery might start a guitar part, and I'll join in with him. So there aren't really any any rules. Mm. Uh, uh, unfortunately, it can be um, quite a frustrating process because you know sometimes we can jam for weeks and nothing will happen. But then, then maybe in what. You know one day we'll hit a, a, a seam of something special and go on a run and have maybe two or three days where we develop loads of stuff but there aren't really any rules mm. at all. I don't think over the years anyone's really come in and said, "I've got this complete song. let's have a go at it." but I you might be wrong
1: you've never wandered in with a pattern. you've never wandered in one day and said, "Oh, I've been messing about with this and what do you think of this this other uh, yeah Quite
2: like this yeah over the years i've i've um yeah i've had patterns in my head and sat behind the kit and played them that's a the drug and just see if anyone joins in
1: <laughs> so if nobody yeah. joins in
2: no well the trouble is most of the patterns i do that people just think oh he's been drinking too much coffee again
0: <laughs> Now, to be fair uh, more often than not ian starts Starts what happens, you know. He hits, he hits a little groove or a rhythm, and and Mark or or join in with something, and they're quite often starting points. So we've we've usually got, you know, uh, we've quite often Ian's drumming before anything happens. So you know, as as Ian says, there aren't any rules, but um, the the drums are first a lot of the time in my memory.
1: Mm. Uh Verena's well, popped in. Oh,
2: sorry, in Karen. No, I mean a lot of the time, me and uh, me and Pete tend to get there a few minutes early, and uh, we will just go in and, and start uh, thrashing around for ten or fifteen minutes before the rest of the boys turn up. So sometimes things develop there. So when the rest of the boys are in, we'll, mm. we'll pursue if anything comes up. We'll pursue those ideas.
1: Um Verena's coming with a question which I really like. Uh with Ian taking care of the money, how do you decide on what the new band equipment or what new band equipment is essential and what essentially is tat and of no earthly use? Do you have to hand in forms to be approved by Ian? Is asking for anything but symbols or wooden sticks futile? And if not, who owns the confetti cannon?
2: Oh the confetti cannon. Yep. Well I think if anyone was to own the confetti cannon, which we don't actually own a confetti cannon, it'd be me and Steve because we love confetti cannons. And it's always, you know, on a tour we talk about lights and production, and then it's always me and Steve say, so "What about the confetti cannon? Then we've have we, have we got one because just love it."
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: can't we um, can't we find an extra bit of budget? Like yeah, deserve No, great things. Except that one tour we had uh, that confetti cannon that really. It's just, just rubbish. It just went. <laughs> it yeah, <laughs> How much are we paying for that? <laughs> <Puh>. <laughs> How
0: many staff have we got on that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but the, um, uh, the budgets for, well, no, essential stuff. I mean, it's, it's usually, yeah, it's computers, keyboards, microphones, guitar, amps, amps, amps and pedal boards. Every, every single tour, Steve Rothery tends to build a new pedal board. I uh, don't know what to say about that, really. <laughs> I think your face gave it but away. The, the, the budget, there's a budget, um, I, I can't remember what the rule of thumb is. I think it's, you know, if something costs more than a two or 300 quid, then run it past the whole band. You know, unless it's for me, then I just <laughs> keep stumped.
0: Yeah, or 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 you know some amazing designer jacket gets slid in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but to be fair, yes yeah, Steve Steve has the biggest budget for, for stage players, which is yeah, self explanatory really why. But but um, because I'm really I'm a I'm cheap to run, you know, I just wear Meridian T shirts So I I just allocate whatever I was meant to have in my budget, my personal budget. I'll just give it to Steve so so he can buy the designer clothes. So,
1: so yeah, you, want... you dress him then, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh,
2: yes. <laughs> so if you, open, Suits you. <laughs> if
0: you open my jacket, jacket that side, it says Steve Hogarth. But if you open that side, it says Ian Mosley.
2: <laughs> Still got the receipt in it, yeah. <laughs>
1: Don't try and take them back at the end of each tour, do you?
2: No, oh, I wish we could. I mean, I've always lost them just... by
1: the end of each tour.
2: <laughs> yes, Steve lost. Steve lost one of his favourite jackets. Oh, I did. My very yeah. favourite.
0: I left it in a bloody wardrobe in, in a hotel in Germany. Bugger. And on mm-hmm. the, well, and on the season's end tour, our tour manager left my entire stage clothes in a bin liner on the third show. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you've got to be quick.
1: Michael mm. Hartley has asked, "Are you fans of yourselves?" And by which he means, do you ever listen to any of your work for pleasure?
2: Pleasure? <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I, well, I, I tend to only listen to Merillion material when you know before a tour, when I have to recap on on, on stuff. Mm so uh, which is quite quite nice sometimes actually because you know I might not have listened to something for a long time and I put it on and go hey oh, this is actually really good <laughs> or Jesus this was rubbish
1: <laughs> we're not doing that yeah Um <laughs> what were we thinking <laughs> Paul is into yeah, here. Bless him, and Paul's over in Portland, I think, so he might have made it in. Paul Lazinski, if you could go back thirty years and give yourself a piece of advice, knowing what you know now, <laughs> and it's proper possibly as well in reference to your relationship as well, what would it be?
0: Well, for me, uh, chill out a bit. I think you know, I, um, I, I, I'm more more relaxed than I was thirty years ago, and and. You know, know, it's, well, I was young. It was the 80s. But, yeah, I'd be more relaxed. Be more relaxed.
2: Yeah, I'm probably the same, really. I mean, I tend to be reasonably relaxed most of the time. Unless I'm very tired and get a bit irritable. But, um, yeah, I mean, yes, Steve certainly has relaxed uh, a lot over the years. But, um yeah well he had a massive learning curve when when Steve first joined the band he came from a, I suppose a similar background to me as well as we were used to going into this before Marillion, used to going into the studio, into studios and probably recording an an, an album in a day sometimes or going into the studio and coming out with some finished material and with the band the The whole approach was very different so uh, so i just noticed that when steve first joined the band he'd come from that kind of environment where you go into the studio and you work and you come out with a product or something yeah whereas marillion it's kind of let's go in the studio nothing happening really is there let's let's go and do something else or you know uh, well it took t- inspired today.
0: I was in the band five years before others would even say that before leaving the room. You know, he <laughs> did, that would be an internal conversation. He'd think, Nothing's <laughs> happening, I think I might go to Brighton and he yeah. would. And no one would yeah. no one would know why he'd left the room until they realised his car wasn't in the car park. And that <laughs> <laughs> it, did. it
2: it took a few years for uh, for you to be beaten down. I couldn't, I couldn't to, get used to that. To... To... <laughs> but I, but i remember i felt for you because i remember exactly the same thing you know happening to me i, I first joined marillion and it was kind of right boys let's go what what you know we're watching a, we're watching telly or we're doing t- something um so it was quite frustrating but but uh, you kind of get into it do you th- do you think without
1: Racket and without you know managing your own affairs that that ultimately would have been the thing that might have stopped it all or would you've had to become more disciplined and because you've got the flexibility now haven't you you've got the flexibility to take a bit more time you've got the flexibility you're not paying studio time um
2: yeah to be to be honest it it uh, it never seemed to bother anybody whether we were spending a thousand pounds a day in a studio or in a rehearsal place or or whether it was free, um, the attitude seemed to be nearly always, always the same. I mean, when I first joined the band, it was for the Fergazi album, and we'd been in the Manor Studios for for a long time, and I I couldn't help but point out we hadn't written the title track of the album yet, you know, and and it was a thousand pounds a day it was costing us, but but there didn't seem any kind of urgency involved in getting it done Um, so but we used to uh, rehearse at No Miss Studios big rehearsal complex in London and we used to store all our backline equipment there too and that cost a lot of money so uh, I think one of the best things we ever did was get Racket Studios together because we wasted ever such a lot of money Mm.
0: Yeah, we probably spent nearly as much just storing our equipment as it costs us to run most a racket yeah. now. I mean, it was ludicrous.
2: You know, we were just yeah. giving
0: that money to someone else. Not not only that, but if you wanted anything, you'd got to drive to London <laughs> <laughs> and then persuade somebody to find the key when you got there. Which Steve be... ha-
2: Steve Howe he helped <laughs> yeah. you out one day,
0: yeah. didn't he, Nobis? <laughs> uh, yes, yeah,
1: so yeah. I've I've told that shameful story. <laughs> shameful tale. <laughs> One one in a year full of shameful tales we've got through. Um, Christine Philp, who keeps us on the straight straight and narrow with regard to our language. Um, Very quick question, actually. Desert Island Discs. At the end of Desert Island Discs, you end up with one book and one piece of music. So what would it be, Ian? Which which book, which piece of music?
2: Piece of music? Oh, that's... (laughs) I suppose um, I don't know. I like Cat Stevens a lot. I like I like so many different things, mm. but to, to have one piece of music, I don't think I could listen to one piece of music. And go, I'd go around the bend listening to one piece of music all the time. But uh, just to bring back my youth, probably um, uh, a record called "Big Swing Face," which is the Buddy Rush Orchestra. And it's the West Side Story uh, medley mm. that he plays on it. It's just phenomenal. It's, I mean, it's a phenomenal. The music is just great. So, uh, but I like Cat Stevens a lot. Um, and books. Do I owe you money? <laughs> Autobiography by uh, some bloke. <laughs>
0: he got a
1: plug-in. I, oh, he wow, did get a, a plug-in. He did really well. He did really well. <laughs>
2: Trouble is, with books, at the moment, I read just about everything on Kindle, mm. and, uh, which is great. Um, but I have real trouble remembering any of the titles of the books I'm reading or any of the authors. Because, you know, when you've got a proper a, a paperback in your hand, mm. every day you open it, you see the title, you see the author. With a Kindle, you just open a page and off you go again. So, I mean, I'm reading a book at the moment. I have no idea who it's by. Yeah. Um, I don't know the title of it, but it's really good. The complete <laughs> works thriller. of what's-his-name. A <laughs> hey? complete works of what's-his-name. Yeah, that, yeah. what's-his-name. Peter, Peter <laughs> James, I'm reading
0: at the moment. Right. The chap. But, yeah. <laughs> go on then, H. Well, oh, Desert Island. Yeah. Oh, fucking. I reckon it'd be, um, a, you, you know, Bob Marley's greatest hits. That'd go with the weather, wouldn't it? Um any, anything else get a bit tedious on an island run after a while. And book uh How to Barbecue Fish. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Not a bad choice actually. <laughs> Not a bloody fishy game. I come in handy.
1: How <laughs> <laughs> to catch fish might be a good one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Christine, she goes on to say, speaking of books, have you read each other's?
0: I've re- I I started off reading it with great relish and I enjoyed it and then just sort of put it down and I haven't picked it up again but I will. <laughs> I didn't get to the end not because it was dull just because I am.
1: Have you? Have
2: yeah, you- I, I I yeah, you know, dipped into a, quite a few of Asia's uh, <laughs> ramblings. <laughs> yeah, there's
0: only so much. Got up, went to a cafe, went to a sound check, went to bed.
1: <laughs> Shit, have you seen my phone? <laughs>
2: yeah, where my keys? In wallet.
1: <laughs> I saw this lamp.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've all seen lamps uh, that we've fallen in love with for years. <laughs> so,
1: Justin is uh, piled in with, Ian, what's your favourite H lyric? And H, what's your favourite... Ian Drumpart.
0: Ooh. Uh, ooh. Maybe Estonia. Maybe oh. Estonia. That's a great drum part.
2: Bit- oh, thank you, Stick. Well, yeah, Estonia for me as well. It's just a fantastic lyric. But I mean, there's that track. Um, it just worked. Everything about it works. Um, another one that. Moves me is actually out of this world. I think the the music and especially the um the the film that goes with out of this world that Mark Kennedy put together that just just sent chills down the spine when I saw that. Just perfect.
1: Mm. That's a very moving uh, montage, isn't it? Very mm. very moving. Sound full stop.
2: Yeah, but there's so much stuff to be honest mm. that uh, whoa, well, Yeah, Great Escape, Um, The Invisible Man. Yeah, I don't have a real, real favourite, I don't think.
1: Um, Mark Krasinski, um, not counting the broken tooth, what's the most awkward or difficult predicament that Ian has saved you from, H? Oh,
0: God. Um, Oh, there's been a few. Good luck, luck, Steve. (laughs) 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 <laughs> you know, I've got this invoice lot. for bail. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, um the the one that springs to mind of course is uh when um when when my last marriage finally hit the the buffers, um, you know, I basically put my essentials in the car and drove to Ian's. And uh, he stuck me, him and Lucy stuck me in the spare room for a, a few nights. And that's, uh, you can't put a price on that. I was I was really not in a good place at that point. Um, but Ian's bailed me out of so much stuff. Um, I've blanked a lot of it out because it's all fairly traumatic. And a fair amount of it is shameful, to be honest, Some,
2: Better. I think that's healthy, though, Steve, that you blank stuff. I mean, I'm the same. If, if um, I, tend, I tend to just uh, blank out all the horrible stuff because there's lots of good stuff, isn't there, that's happened? Yeah. You know, but but uh, I don't dwell on the, the, the dodgy stuff. that's oh, good just as well, really.
1: <laughs> Cliff Lewis, Cliff Lewis, I'll move us on from Shameful. Um, Though I might come back to shameful later But Cliff Lewis I'm busy doing the album's cover jigsaw uh, And it's got me thinking Who is the most graphically creative member of the band Bearing in mind one of you was a graphic designer Who is the most (laughs) graphically creative (laughs) member of the band And and do they get much input into album designs Or is it a democratic process It's
0: tricky that one Because Rothers is very into his photography He's got a very good eye Mark is the only ex-art college member of the band and a few years ago we, did, we were invited to do a little painting for charity where each of the five of us were given a set of paints and, and a portion oh, yeah. of the same canvas and invited to express ourselves and uh, all five of us had a go and we were all shit. Except for Mark. And his actually did look like somebody who could paint, <laughs> didn't it? I and mean, I was really impressed.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I've, mine was just sort of stick men and drum kits.
0: <laughs>
2: what, was intre- well, I mean, what was interesting I, was that <laughs> Ian's and Pete's
0: were very similar. It was as though there's a kind of rhythm section approach to painting.
2: Yeah, I think, I think you're probably right there. <laughs> I, when I was at school... I. Um, I used to draw drum kits on the desk, and uh, one day the teachers sussed me out, smacked me around the head, and I had to clean every desk in the school. <laughs> so, so but uh, I've got it together. I can draw a pretty good mean drum kit these days. But uh, yeah, actually, it was weird that that our our, our little doodle was very similar, wasn't it? Yours
0: and Pete's, yeah, were were yeah. could have been done by the same
2: person, more or less. Yeah. But Mark actually, didn't Mark say recently that he wanted to be a cartoonist or a, a graphic designer? In yeah, I'm sure he said recently that's what he he wanted to do. Do oh. <laughs> you imagine the chaos?
0: <laughs> well, I don't think he could do as much damage, frankly, as is in his chosen profession. you'd just need a room you could wipe down and that'd be all it'd be right.
1: (coughs) I'm going to finish with this one from Sally Sturman because I'm conscious that we're getting close to quiz time and we'll we'll break and we'll come back and uh, do a wrap after that but Sally Sturman do you remember Huntley and Palmer's Family Circle biscuit assortment and if so did you like the pink wafers or did you think they had no business whatsoever being in there
2: to be totally honest, I don't remember. I do vaguely remember pink wafers, but the whole Huntley and Palmer selection, I've no idea. Was there Jammy Dodgers involved in there? I imagine
1: and, there will have been a bit of Jammy Dodger in there as well.
2: Yeah, I've never been a big biscuit uh, aficionado, really. Right. Were they in a tin or were they in a box?
1: <coughs> Ooh, I would imagine they so must have been in a tin so at if some they point. they were in a tin, I'd be interested.
2: Right. Um, I think I would. I mean, I used to practice on biscuit tins when I was a kid because I couldn't afford drums. So, I'd, but, I'd, but Huntley and Palmer's. No, I can't remember that being a good substitute for any tom tom or snare drum.
0: So. Sounds a bit like a drum fill, doesn't it? Huntley and Palmer. Huntley, yeah. Huntley and Palmer. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do the Huntley and Palmer in a verse 2 We'll we'll do we'll do one tomorrow.
2: <laughs> <Wake and will. laughs>
1: if you can work it in uh that that'd be great i think it was probably more to do with whether we think pink waf- wafers are a good thing or a bad thing but I, th-
0: I think they'd no business being there i'm i'm in the i'm in that camp i remember the pink yeah. wafer and it was a waste of the contents of a good tin
2: yeah I'd, i wouldn't allow them in the house <laughs> right
1: in which case, I think that's a brilliant place to finish because that's the kind of insight that you get from TCD that you probably don't get anywhere else.
0: The important shit.
1: The important exactly. shit. Pink wafers, not on my watch.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no, absolutely
1: not. Well, Ian, thanks very much for, uh, for, for sparing your time. It's been yes. lovely to oh, see it's you. A,
2: it's, been, it's been a pleasure. Bill. Yeah, we should, we should do it again.
1: Well you are always welcome. I mean ten o'clock every Monday morning, literally p- pile in. Um I mean it's not a problem. You can have the link.
2: Okay. Who who do I send the invoice to? Oh that'll be myself. <laughs> <I> would,
1: <yes. laughs> You'd have to approve it.
2: <laughs> I'll ask Ben for band approval.
1: <laughs> oh Corona diaries Ooh. never knowingly invoiced. Um, but yes. Anyway, so thanks, Ian. That's fantastic. Um,
2: no, you're very welcome. Yes, we will,
0: thanks, we... Ian. It's been an honour to have you on the first birthday.
2: We wanted to make it special,
1: and you yep. did.
2: You absolutely. No, well, did well, well done, well done. A oh, year. That's that's gone so quickly. Mm. Yeah, but well done. And we're still Thank locked you. down. I, we're never, still, I, yeah. I never
0: imagined that. Yeah, it's it
1: meant, well. I'll see
0: you tomorrow, Steve. I believe we're in at noon
2: Ian, for. a Crack of, crack of noon. The crack of
1: noon.
2: We'll enjoy the quiz. 12, 12 to 1 with a lunch hour. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got to get another 50 tonight. Yeah. More chance of being hit by Skylab, But
1: Skylab. Um, well, let us know how you get on. All right. Thanks, Japs. No problem. Take care. Cheers, dear. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Good luck. Bye. Well, there well, he goes, the legend that- it is. The other legend that, that is Ian Mosley, with uh, um, without the specs. And uh, we would we would normally go into a bit of diary. So I mean, the recording we'll go into a bit of diary at this point. Um, right. huh? Uh, which obviously we'll need to add later. Um, hmm. But we will, um, you know, we will be. Uh, we what, oh, look at this. Can I what, can I remove what? Ian? Mosley? I've what? just removed Ian Mosley. Oh. Shall I report him? Better not. Better not report him. Yeah, you get the option to report him, but <laughs> no, I, I've decided not to. <laughs>
0: I'd like to complain.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll go into a bit of diary uh, at this point, which I believe is going to be another bit of Asaka.
0: Is it now? Is that it is going to
1: be another bit mm. of Asaka? yes. Mm. So, go. for the purposes of the recording, this is the segue into Osaka. But obviously, for everybody watching, just stay where you are because we're not really going anywhere.
0: We're really staying in England, aren't we?
1: We are. But for the purpose of the podcast, we're off to Osaka.
0: Wednesday, 13th of July, Osaka, Club Wohol. I woke thinking it was 9 in the morning, but was pleased to realize that it was 1:30, which means I'd slept over 12 hours. I felt much better for it, especially considering today was to be the first show. We left for Club Wohol at two o'clock and arrived to find our boys and the local crew working away getting everything ready in time for sound check. The stage was compact and bijou, so it was all a bit of a squeeze. I was jammed against the drum kit, so I prepared myself for an evening of excruciating sound pressure levels soundcheck took forever because we had hired quite a lot of equipment and were working with a japanese monitor engineer tetsu who turned out to cope very well with the unenviable task of rationalizing our complex needs by the time soundcheck was over it was six o'clock and the doors were open the show was to start at seven there wasn't really a break in the proceedings from midday until after the show ten minutes before the show I took a peek through a side curtain to see a scattering of men in shirts and ties staring towards the stage. Blimey. During the afternoon, the management had attempted to set tables and chairs in front of the stage and maybe we should have let them. We mounted the stage to polite applause and a little tentative cheer fluttered. When I got up there, I was relieved to see quite a lot more people than my earlier glimpse had suggested. They must have been hiding and at least a couple of girls among the chaps in ties. You could hear a pin drop during the songs, which, during Brave, was quite a welcome change from the distractions of the wide boys among the European and especially Scandinavian crowds. The Japanese seemed totally riveted to what we were doing. The first murmur of spontaneous applause happened as I approached centre stage to sing Runaway. Maybe they thought I'd just arrived... They really liked the rockers here in Japan, and a much louder cheer went up after Harder's love, by which time a few top shirt buttons had been loosened. Wild. I was having little mental blocks left, right and centre as a consequence of not having played for a couple of weeks, but on the whole, we all played well, despite an element of monitor mayhem. By the end of the show, the crowd were about as excited as dignity would allow them to express, and the boys in the band said things generally must have relaxed here since their last visit in 1986. It had been fun, and it had been different. There's a lot about human behaviour here that I think is no bad thing. The importance of formal politeness helps the atmosphere and is touching. The idea of honour, honesty and keeping one's word cuts out all the bullshit which, especially in the music business, comes as a breath of fresh air. On the other hand, though, there's something in all this that just doesn't quite add up. The restraint and formality act as a barrier to expression of true feelings and turns living into something of an enigmatic game. The bullshit creeps back in through the back door and once again truth evades. As the days went on, I felt, again, that I had lost a couple of pages from the big instruction manual. Perhaps you have to spend a lifetime here to fathom these people. Perhaps the process of trying, as is so often the case, is what alienates us from them. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps I should get on with the diary. After the show... The band sat down in the dressing room and ate a spot of dinner before heading back to the Grand Osaka Hotel. I later popped out with Alan, Mike, Phil and Nick in search of a beer and ended up in a bar with Casablanca on the telly. Didn't stay long. Most of the bars and clubs have strict dress codes. If you don't have a collar, tie, jacket and whatever else is imposed to keep out low life like ours, you don't get past security. Went to bed around one, confidently having recovered from my jet lag. Woke at four and couldn't get back to sleep. Thursday, 14th of July. Osaka to Tokyo. Woke up for the 25th time at 11ish, showered, packed and made my way downstairs to check out of the Grand Osaka. Left around one-thirty in the minibus, which took band and crew to Osaka Station for the bullet train ride back to Tokyo. Did a little shopping in the station concourse, marvelling at the strange foods and delicacies on offer. Unidentifiable seafoods packaged like boxes of chocolate. All the presents were very dear, so I settled for a couple of handkerchiefs and a couple of decorative telephone payment cards before being ushered up onto the platform by Katsu to board the train. Spent nearly all the journey in the restaurant car writing postcards to everyone I could think of while drinking beer and sightseeing from the large windows. What will I remember about Japan? A bullet point or two. One, the refreshment girls on the bullet train turning around to face us and bowing to the carriage before exiting. Two, the mirror in the bathroom of the Osaka Grand, the centre of which, magically, didn't steam up while I showered. Three, the gardeners shaking the leaves out of the tree by the pool at the Roppongi Prince. Four, the utter disregard to architectural beauty. Five, the heat. Six, it's so expensive. And seven, that try as I might... I never managed to have a conversation with anyone here that left me feeling that I'd had a conversation. Wednesday, thirty first of August. Home, Mexico City. Got up around eight with Sophie and Nile after having once again slept fitfully, thanks to my bad leg. I strained ligaments in my right knee during the show in Chur, Switzerland three weeks ago and perhaps due in part to the knowledge that I was to leave for Mexico this morning. I hadn't packed last night, so I showered and ferreted around, gathering my things together for the two hours until the car arrived to take me to Heathrow at 10.15. It wasn't a pleasant departure. Niall became very upset at the sight of my suitcase leaving the house, as he realised for the first time I was going away. Sue had been subdued all morning, I could tell she was depressed about it. I climbed into the back of the car, feeling to blame for the misery of the people I love most, an almost permanent state of mind these days, and settled down for the one-hour drive to the airport, reading Tony Parker's May the Lord, in his mercy, be kind to Belfast. An impartial collection of interviews of a cross-section of Irish people from all sides of the complex political and diverse social spectrum from the ordinary to the influential and the radical. It's a depressing collection, offering insight into the history and the current state of the Troubles. My own problems quickly paled to naught as I read accounts from parents, brothers and sisters of the accidental or deliberate, all too often, innocent victims of Belfast's armed conflict. Checked in and said hello to the chaps. Priv came off his motorbike yesterday and is sporting a surgical collar. He says he's okay but very sore. He was nonetheless his usual amusing and entertaining self. I seem to have turned up for this trip with, among other things, a shoebox full of tapes, sunglasses, headphones, keys, books, passport, money, etc., which kept spilling its contents about the place. I really must invest in some hand luggage hung around for an hour reading and boarded the 747, which was to take us the first leg of our journey to Philadelphia. We were upstairs. This was the first time I'd travelled on the upper deck of a 747. The novelty soon wore off, of course, but it was nonetheless a new experience. Spent most of the flight reading and watching the in-flight programmes while Mike Hunter guffawed to himself in the seat behind me. He was listening to the comedy programme in his headphones. It's like having Harry Seacom on the crew. When we got to Philadelphia, we were put in a holding lounge to hang about for a couple of hours for the connecting flight to Mexico City. As I tap into this, my laptop, I'm watching silver US Air Boeings taxiing back and forth on the runways outside and drinking a can of complimentary wild berry Seltzer which actually does taste initially like cherries, and then delivers an aftertaste of Valka Seltzer. Hmm. There's a massive oil tanker moored on the river at the edge of the runway. I assume it's on the river, I can't actually tell. From here, it looks like it's in a field. We finally heard the call to go to the aeroplane, which was almost empty, apart from the 12 of us. Considering there were so few passengers, the stewardesses seemed particularly uncaring and automatic. So much for US air. There were thunderstorms raging in the area of Philadelphia, so the pilot avoided the weather by flying lower than usual. At least that's what he said. It doesn't seem to make much sense. So we were in turbulent cloud for most of the four-hour flight. Mexico City was feeling the effects of the tail of a hurricane in the Gulf of Mexico, and it was raining as we hit the runway with a jolt, uncommonly hard, but not my hardest landing. Mark and I once flew into LA on a 747, which encountered a low altitude air pocket and hit the runway like a grand piano thrown out of a third floor window. Bang! Emptying many of the overhead lockers and dropping down the oxygen masks. People were screaming and praying. It then taxied to the terminal with no trouble whatsoever. These 747s are built to bounce. There was the usual Mexican welcoming committee of airport officials and promoters reps who ensured smooth passage through the customs. It's dodgy, in a good way. And out into the waiting minibuses which were to take us to the Il Presidente Hotel. We were met at the hotel by the staff who checked us in with customary Mexican warmth. I really like the Mexican people. They always seem to be smiling and, like the Brazilians, possess more of whatever it is that makes human beings human. A greater sense of caring, fun and willingness to express their emotions. The antithesis of the Japanese, or the English for that matter. By the time we checked in it was eleven o'clock, six in the morning in England, so we were all pretty tired. I had a beer in the bar with the promoter's people before going to bed around twelve
1: And we're back Um and Mari sent us a. You're going on. You're going on more of that stuff. Is that the ginger one?
0: No. This. This is that. That was champagne. But this is um, is the. Uh, that's the honey tequila that I occasionally resort to. Right. For fact, it's called Cascabel. Cascabel. And it was given to me by Mike. Mike Barton.
1: Mike, right. Right. Mike,
0: Mike Barton gave me this Cascabel, and it's very nice. It tastes like honey, and yet. It tastes like tequila.
1: Ah, yeah, perfect mix. Speaking of tasting like honey, I had uh, sugar puffs breakfast this morning for the first time in years and they don't taste like sugar puffs anymore.
0: You're joking.
1: No, and they call wheat puffs now. What? They must have been concerned that sugar puffs sent out a, a bad vibe. The world's gone to the dogs out. I know, I know. So don't, don't go rushing out for wheat puffs. Or it's fine, but don't expect them to be like they were because they're not.
0: Lynetta and I were talking in bed last night and she was telling me about a couple of chefs that were trying to make shreddies. Have you heard about that? <laughs> no. They'd actually get, set, set them the task of making a shreddy and they were both Michelin star chefs and they both worked on it for about two weeks and neither of them could do it. Could make a shreddy. <laughs> so there you go. That just, I just thought I'd mention that.
1: Right. Hell. <laughs> where on earth do you get that information from?
0: <laughs> imagine imagine the sweat you'd break if someone said, you have to make it, to make, ready Yeah. What yeah, it's you start, man? Where yeah, it's
1: start? not going to happen, is it? No. No. Um, Mari's uh, uh, sent a question in, mm. uh, or two questions, actually. Um, when you first decided to start this project... Did you have a firm idea of what it should be? And now, a year later on, has TCD stayed true to it, or has it evolved into something completely different? Um, I think if anybody had a firm idea of what this
0: should be, it would have been you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just damn! I'm going to get the point. I was just led up the garden path. <laughs> I had no idea what any of this was going to turn out to be but but, um i just said yes yes yes. (laughs) i wonder what it is yeah count me in it's Uh, exciting yeah and and um the only no i don't think it hasn't evolved in the sense that the format's still the same we still have a chat uh, i still read a bit of diary and then we have another chat um, the Chrome cast appeared fairly early on, didn't it? So that yep. that's on the end. That hasn't changed. I think the only thing that's evolved really is, um, and I don't even know if that's evolved much because I was going to say um, the rapport between us has perhaps yeah. evolved, but I'm not sure. has because I think we always had it. So I think there was a rapport from the off. Um, maybe it's, Maybe we've just got used to Goofing around together a little bit mm. more than we were, but we were almost
1: fairly comfortable, fairly
0: goofy, in a way.
1: I think I seem to recall the first two or three. There were definitely moments of humor in the first two or three, but I think about episode three, four, five, something like that, we just hit probably where we are now. Actually, uh, I think we had a couple of episodes, certainly within the first sort of half a dozen, that were just a bit silly, and and I, and I think we've dipped in and out of silly since. Um, whilst trying to put some kind of information in there, some kind of narrative in there, some kind of something, but then we've had a few episodes that have been quite serious, so
0: we have, yeah, yeah, the old well, doom and gloom, and then we've had my sisters, of course,
1: yes, which have uh, how, how sparkling were they?
0: Well, they went down very well, yeah, in the world, didn't they?
1: Yeah, absolutely, think,
0: and it, you know, kind of made me realize perhaps the extent to which I've taken them for granted. Mm-hmm. You no, know, And that's been good for me because it's sort of... I mean, I love them to bits, but perhaps I take for granted the rapport that we have together because we've always had it. We've always mm-hmm. been very close. And I think when my mum and dad died, that pulled us closer because you start to realise, oh, you know... Um, You've got you. you, There, there are fewer members of your family, and so you think, "Whoa, I've got." You know, I'm suddenly reminded how important that is Mm because it's got smaller. And I think, I think that was a a mutual feeling. So, my sisters and I um, became a little bit closer after Mm -hmm. my mum and dad passed away because we 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 valued each other a bit more. I think.
1: I I mean. Again, outside looking in and, you know, got to know uh, the family a little bit through the quiz and obviously meeting your sisters. But the family does seem to orbit around the three of you uh, a little bit, um, which I think, you know, is probably what you would expect. Um, well, that's because it,
0: it's their kids, you know. The yeah.
1: the, the, the extended
0: family, there are suits kids. They're, you know, they're my kids and, well, you Sophie and Dan. Niall, not so much. He tends to sort of only pop in once in a blue moon. And then there's of course yourself and Rick and Oren, who are all are all friends of mine that are now friends of everybody. Mm. You know, so so I can't help but be at the centre of it. Although I'm not at the centre of it, if you know what I mean.
1: No, yeah, that's kind of, I think that's kind of what I was meaning, that it, it isn't that. It, the, th- the three of you seem to have this almost unspoken thing, but it does all kind of gravitate around you in some kind of weird and special way. Does it? Well, mm. nice. yeah, it's very nice. It's very nice. Um, part two to Mari's question. Did you have an idea or a vision of the typical person that would listen to the Corona Diaries? And has that idea been proven now you have such an impressive spreadsheet? Now we're not data mining on you folks. We we're not Facebook, so we haven't built up a profile of, of all of you. Um you No, know.
0: I've only got your addresses and your birthdays, so yes. that's not telling me a lot about you. In and fact, your bank,
1: and your bank details.
0: I haven't got those. <laughs>
1: um
0: but um I write twenty twenty for the birth year on all of them so that I can sort them because they were you know, they have to I have to sort them send the cards out so they all have to have the same day so i don't even know how old any of you are um you know even if you tell me um it's not the kind of information that i retain the only sort of intimate knowledge i've had of the patrons is when i've gone and knocked on their door and given them a card in person and that's been (laughs) that's been quite you know what's the word for that it's been weird, but it's been nice in a weird sort of way. You know. Um knocking on the door of a complete stranger and handing them a birthday card while they go, Oh, wow, it's you is, is a weird thing. Um mm. but nice, you know. Um what's been what's been lovely is watching the relationship build up between the patrons on the on the yeah. comments list when they're looking out for each other, and then they go, oh, are you going to this? And, oh, we should meet up now, you know. So people are starting to get to know each other with, without ever having met, and and are now making plans to meet up. And um, the perfect place to do that, of course, would be at a Marillion show or, or, or even better, at, at a convention. So I think that sense of family will will just you know get stronger and 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 perhaps take on a new um what's the word not intimacy but but be um be more i, I guess more complex than than it was before it'll be um it'll be a kind of strength with it, within a strength and the strength that we've already got in the in the in the wider Fan, fan family, if you want to call it that, we've now got this subfamily mm. that um, that TCD has has, has created, and uh, that's 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 beautiful. And and mm. what's really amazed me um, is how many messages I get from that we that we get from from people saying that this has just been a. a A light in what has been a very dark and strange, difficult year for a lot of people. I didn't realize the extent to which it would brighten people's wake up, um, and that's great. I'm really Mm. glad it has, and I'm flattered that that you know people could be that affected by two blokes just having a chat. It's great.
1: I was talking to um one one of the patrons is also somebody I I've known for years. So we, we, you know, we both knew we were fans, and I've known him for a, a long time. Uh, a chap called Dave Marshall, and uh, and Dave and I were chatting today about something else because we collide in terms of day jobs as well. And we, you know, we were talking about the, you know, TCD and 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 how long it would go on for, and you know, I sort of said, well, there's, there seems to be a, people really would like us to continue, and we've got no plans to to, to stop. We'll probably repeat ourselves, but everybody seems to be forgiving us for that, so that's fine. Um, and I said, "But you know, maybe I have to put a bit more work in and get a bit more structure in this, that, and the other." And he, and he, he said, "Don't don't mess with it. Leave yeah. it for what it is. It's like, it's it's special because it is what it is. That you know that that we could probably do half an hour on toothpaste. Uh, I'm not suggesting we do. Well,
0: I was I was nearly there. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on toothpaste. <laughs> I'm usually covered in it for a kickoff."
1: i'm sure bill wyman had a story about toothpaste but i don't think we should go there before nine Um. (laughs) o'clock but so you know the point he was making was just don't you know i think people like it because it is what it is and there's a certainly a genuineness i guess about the fact that we just rock up and turn the mics on and if people want to listen they want to listen yeah,
0: and if you know if we become dull, um, let us know, and we'll knock it on the head.
1: Yeah, yeah we don't have to carry on. <laughs> it's, like... <laughs> it's a really hard hour every week. <laughs> that is, of course, unfair because there's a lot more goes into it than that. Mm. You oh, can't yeah, get really. something sounding this random and slapdash without a lot of work. Exactly. It's that Les Dawson Let's thing. Drink. He could really play the piano, folks. <laughs> Good. He could. Well, I think we'll. Should we knock it on the head for fifty-two? Because you've got an empty glass. Um,
0: yes, we should. I mean, yeah. We, yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. I think we're about. I think we're yeah. about
1: there for fifty-two. Thanks to everybody who's who's got involved. I don't. Haven't got any clue how many people have actually tuned in. Um, so for those who've tuned in, I hope you've enjoyed it. I'll try and work out how the hell I leave it up live and we'll leave it on the Facebook page for a couple of days so so everybody gets a chance to have a quick look at it. Um, and then um, the purple people, um, there's not a hope in hell you're getting this tomorrow morning so the chances are it'll it'll hit everybody on Monday but obviously everybody's had a chance to see it at least once. So you'll you'll get it on on Monday purples but you've also got the added um the, the the added bonus of an odds and sods which has been recorded this week so you'll get that on Monday as well so you'll get two things Monday double whammy wonderful fantastic um it's it's been a pleasure it's been an absolute pleasure uh, thoroughly enjoyed it
0: yes thank you for this these fifty-two episodes.
1: These fifty-two. And, uh, and I, I reckon we should line in the sand now. If we're going to crack on, let's at least do a hundred. I mean, yeah. I mean, if we're going to, I mean, there's nowhere else to go, is there?
0: Well, that's fighting talk. Um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll have to do two episodes on Toothpaste.
0: <laughs> I've got an album to finish, but I'll do my best. Well, nobody in the rest of the band seems to be in a rush. should not worry about it. No, I know, I know, but somebody has to be pulling at that rope. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, right. I'll see you. I'll see you next week as normal. Thanks to everybody for tuning in.
0: Thank you, everybody, in I, the world. and I'm going to
1: stop the live stream pretty much now.
0: Not sure.